Hey, Metastential in a bite-sized travel-to-go package. Tom Bennett, Derek Phillips, talking Metastential, the overlap of digital and culture. Let's do it as a podcast. Okay. Hey, Derek. Tom, we're we're coming to the close of uh, of a new year, mm-hmm. of, of an of old a, year. Yeah, we're starting a new year. Uh-huh. I mean, when this thing comes out, it could we could be into the new year, I guess. Yeah, but, happy New Year! Yeah, but we're right around mm-hmm. New Year, right, right? Right. And it got me thinking, like every other podcaster, publisher, broadcaster. Hey, we should think about upcoming trends. We could yeah. do a trend report, but then I thought, oh, that's that's dumb. That's boring. Everyone's doing that. So I just wanted to talk about one trend. Yeah, I like it. I got this idea. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling, I think, that 2017 is going to be the the year of of voice search in particular, but Mm -hmm. voice activation, Mm -hmm. which is going to begin the end of the keyboard as our primary um, point of interaction with with our devices. What do you think of that? Yes. Yeah. That's it. Okay. Thanks Mm -hmm. for listening, everybody. It's been a great podcast. Tell us what you think. Roll credits. No, I, uh, (laughs) I think you have a point. Okay. I think, um, voice search is definitely on the rise. Yeah. I think we also, just as a corollary, I believe we have reached the end of usefulness of the Mm -hmm. keyboard as the devices get smaller because Mm -hmm. the keyboard is, becomes an enormously frustrating item when it's on uh, a phone. You bet. Um, you know, a keyboard is a keyboard is kind of a wonderful thing. Yeah. Um, but as it turns into a, a sheet of glass that's too small, or a, for God forbid, it's on a iWatch. This I hate this thing. You know, it can't it can't possibly work. Yeah. I I'm supposed to put in four digits in the morning to just unlock it. Yeah. When I put it on. Yeah. Our fat fingers. Bleh are just stumbling over themselves with these smaller and smaller screens. I know. I feel like the fat bastard, you know, that guy from, <laughs> you know, guy my belly. And I, fat bastard. <laughs> and I can't even operate my watch, but I will say there are yeah. some, there are some dragging forces on that too, because in some impl- uh, in, uh, implementations, voice recognition can be also very frustrating. So let's, let's table that for a second. Yeah, put a pin in it. Let me make my case yes. for why I think, this, this is going to be happening. Case for the positive, go. <laughs> I think that, all right, we look at, at Siri, right? We can look at Apple first, just mm-hmm. because Siri is so recognized, so well-known, um, gets tons of press. They are investing more and more into Siri as your your means of, of interaction with your device, mm-hmm. right? You can mm-hmm. ask Siri to, to launch certain functions, get information, et cetera. Great. Understood. What also has come out this year is heavy investment from both Amazon and Google in their home devices That's right. that are all voice activated and are going beyond simply engaging an app or something, mm-hmm. but essentially being your personal assistant in, in managing and right. running right. your environment. Well, and so there are a lot of things aligning, just like you said. Yeah. You're absolutely right that that uh, all three, and we talked about this a while ago, mm-hmm. we talked about uh, Siri... Or, or what does it mean, you know, that, that Apple did this, invested yeah. in this, but we also have Google and we also have Amazon all investing in in essentially the removal of the device from your body. Yeah. It's becoming atmospheric in the room, right. which is terrific, right? Yeah. And yes, You know what that is? It's creating an ambient state. It is. Ding. Ding. Check it out in our take check it out in our archives, people. We are smarter than we sound right here. Smarter than we look, definitely. Well, that's that's a fact. But yes, ambient states 
and and they're advertising on television and yeah. then there have been products like you know we started with echo mm-hmm. and then they've slimmed it down into the little puck mm-hmm. right which is just the the microphone technology instead yeah. of this without the speaker at a lower price point yep. google's is is in home mm-hmm. i noticed google th- there's also the product design of each of these things mm-hmm. it's siri is invisible yeah. it's inside of your apple devices right. where you know, uh, the Google and the and the Amazon product are freestanding, and you buy it. Yep. Right. And we, you know, like just a quick review. We talked about the other infrastructures that support this. Amazon is kind of hooked on retail, mm-hmm. and and being able to you can just order stuff from your device. Where Google's is hooked into their infrastructure. Give me, you know, directions. But also, yeah. um, finally, you know, Google, both Google and Amazon and Apple um, are hooked into other services like. Um, Spotify yeah. and the Nest and the at-home devices, all those things, so you can control your environment. Yeah, right. I think I think that's that's where things are shifting into high gear for next year. Is that while this year all three of those big names invested heavily into content, so they're creating you know original programming. They have streaming music services, etc. Great, they've got that as their foundation, mm-hmm. and now they're extending this whole this whole kind of universe. In removing again their their or they're significantly changing the interface to get to those services. Oh, absolutely, and and I I want to recognize and, and kind of applaud the various um, attempts and the the work done, right? Because mm-hmm. I think um, I think the Amazon Echo Alexa is wonderful. Yeah, um, she does. I call her she. Mm-hmm. She does better at responding to random. And, and kind of odd off the chart inquiries. Hmm. She does a good job. Yeah. Um, I haven't had experience with the Google directly yet. Siri, I don't have such a great time with, yeah. I, I think. By the way, 20,000 Hertz is a, a podcast we like. Mm-hmm. They did a story on the voice, the original voice of Siri, whose name yeah. was Susan Bennett, actually, <laughs> right? And uh, 20,000 Hertz, check it out because it's kind of a fun interview with her um, because it was a surprise and uh, to her. She didn't realize she was doing Siri, it was a secret. Oh. And the backstory of what like the scripts she had to read yeah. were not words she read kind of random language to so that they could cr- create words create words out of the phonemes Whoa. like the sound molecules she was making oh my goodness create the words and so and and then they also they played back early siri to later and you can hear her voice evolve Interesting. she kind of deepens her voice gets deeper and more and it's it's a really interesting story. So we'll link to that. Check it out. I mean, I feel like I could talk about that <clears throat> itself, right? That's mm-hmm. that's a whole episode. The the idea of they're not only atomizing conversations to word level, but mm-hmm. to uh, I don't know yeah. what is it. Tones? She wasn't. It's, she was. She was reading sentences, but she had to read like the quick brown fox today, cinema tickets, Buick inventory today. It was like that kind of stuff, huh. and hitting it today because it was all about. The pauses and then anyway, check it out. I don't want to redo their podcast, but it's really worth hearing how they did that. So, um, okay. So back to you though. The keyboard search is um, you're saying search voice search. Give me some from the content perspective. What does that mean? Uh, Things are about to get super complex. Is it back to our ambient state stuff? It is back to our ambient states because it's all gonna. The whole system will will fail, and we've talked about this when you don't have an appropriate response to a voice command. And, and, and Apple has struggled with this with Siri, where people would, would you know, 
they they test the system by asking for you know where's the the nearest Planned Parenthood or some sort of you know crisis center mm-hmm. and Siri doesn't have an answer right some horrible stories about um, yeah. suicide and Siri Absolutely. Siri would say something really insensitive yeah and and so what that means is that they you know you can't it's difficult to plan for every type of inquiry that that you may get and so I think that this is where Google is going to have an edge because their core business is search and they're and they have refined that to the point where they're not looking for sentences they they're not looking for you know keyword loaded um blocks of copy they're they're measuring and and looking at signals within the content that shows relevancy and so it doesn't matter how many keywords you have on your on your page to influence your your search returns. It matters how valuable that piece of information was to mm-hmm. a growing audience. Right. And so that's where I think that, that that Google has an edge on this because they have an infrastructure already built of search specifically. Right. right. And they have a very sophisticated AI that's that's already so they're going to be able to parse and understand a inquiry or a search stream. Yep. But you're saying also that the response, mm-hmm. well, okay. I mean, cause I don't do this. I haven't done this in a while. I, you know, we used to do a lot of SEO, right? Yeah. But so, so you're saying it's not really about page rank anymore because first of all, it's not a page. It has to come back as an audio stream or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Don't forget the interface we're talking about is audio. That's right. Just like what you're listening to now, there is not visual, there's not a keyboard. Right. Right. Um, you will get an audio response. So that means it's not about a page. It's about something else. It's about how the voice medium gives you yeah. what you're looking for. Maybe. I mean, pages still could be part of, of, of the solution. What I'm saying is, is that um, because Google has, has already invested so heavily in understanding how you, how you find and then, and then uh, um, really organize valuable content mm-hmm. is where their edge is. So it used to be that if you, if you could keyword load your, your page, you could, you could game the system and essentially show up in the top five yeah, search results sure. of any given yeah. term, right? The, like if you were the, willing to... Yeah, right? Like that was the, the, those were the old days. Yeah, the good old days. In, in Google, because their business is all about getting people to relevant information, keywords... They've barely even factor into the into no. the into the you know the deal anymore. It's about when a when a customer found this this page. We'll talk about. We'll stay on at the page level. What did they do with it? What did they do after they engaged with that page? And that helps them to def- to understand the value of the information on that page. So they can build on that as their foundation to start to build out how that relates to to voice because. They're already their search mechanism already works by recognizing how people look for information, mm-hmm. and and I feel that's why I feel like they have a head start here for for voice recognition and uh, voice search. I'm sure they do, but I have I have two comments. Mm-hmm. One, a little pet peeve is that I've heard that Amazon is going to come out with an uh, with an Echo device that has a screen on it, uh-huh. which I think is unfortunate because I like the the purity of a voice interface mm-hmm. because of the challenge of it. I think that's really interesting, you know, keeping it straight in voice. Yeah. But the other thing is now, I still need some help from you making the case. Um, now mm-hmm. we talked about Susan Bennett reading out the uh, the the phonemes for Siri. Yeah. I wonder if there's going to be a similar atomization of what a search is. 
can we infer tone of voice maybe can we infer what word do they start with where Mm-hmm. What, how, you know, those mm-hmm. might determine the kinds of uses that someone's going to be. Yeah. Like, how do I roast a turkey at Thanksgiving means something, right. right? Versus how do I stop bleeding on my hand? It means something else, yeah. right? Or, you know, where do I find the nearest liquor store? All these things infer a different context, yeah. right? And so I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking out loud. I'm curious if there will be this, a similar parsing, almost phoneme by phoneme, to f- infer the use yeah. And then do we as content people, can we think about that in terms of experience, mm-hmm. uh, helping parse these phrases to, to build the context? Yeah, and I guess that's part of what I'm saying and why I think that Google has a bit of a head start on this is that right now they're focused very much on, on, on words and a string of words. Right. But they're also looking at, at what people did with the, that string of words, what they did with the information there and, and defining the value. I think I had not heard this whole series, <laughs> this yeah. whole series story, so I'm fascinated right? that 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 it sounds like engineers were, were breaking it down even further. Like it's now dissembling words themselves. Oh yeah, they're not that even words. Fascinating. Yeah, they're just, they're literally sounds in context that are reassembled <laughs> on the fly. Yeah. So, so, and I'm, I'm just really interested about the scenario. This is, let's figure this out, right? Mm-hmm. That where do I find the nearest florist mm-hmm. could mean a funeral, could mean a first date. It could mean Valentine's day. Yeah. Right. So we have other contexts we have to bring to it. What's the date right now? If it's Feb 14. Okay. That's one yeah. thing. Or if it's, um, if we happen to know the user's birthday, it may mean something. Right. Mm-hmm. But so there's that context to figure out, but how do we. How do we know, let's say, the incoming context and the outgoing? Because, yeah, I could see a scenario of where's the nearest florist? Where can I order a birthday card? That's going to make it easy to figure Mm -hmm. out what's going on. But how else do we parse this to create value? I don't know. And does 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 that then spawn conversations with our machines instead of it's just, hey, Siri, where's the nearest florist? The response may be, why are you looking for a florist? Well, right. Is it I mean, someone's birthday is it a really right? good a really good scenario might be oh tell me more what you're looking for mm-hmm. um, is it for your lo- your wife who yeah. I you know is it because I, I it's your mother's your wife's birthday bir- yeah your mother's birthday is tomorrow do you want to get it delivered fast right. you know we can make some of these sensitive things and and back to our kind of triangles of context we're de- reaching pretty deep into an emotional space with this stuff yeah. right so so much goes up and, and if you if anyone's been watching Westworld you, oh, my yeah. mind has been exploding about because <laughs> one of the things that really bugs me I have this weird pet peeve when someone encounters Alexa or or Siri and then they're mean to them mm. to, to Alexa like fuck you Siri or um, uh, my wife yelled at Alexa one day oh, you know I'll that got well, dander up didn't it well this is a weird scenario You're very protective of Alexa I, well I, I <laughs> said goodnight to Alexa one night and, and my wife she was Alexa responded goodnight Tom and, and my wife was like what What's going on here? No, let me tell you a funny story. So I'm, yeah. I was driving in Eastern Washington. I was way, I was hours away mm-hmm. from home, and I was playing um, Spotify through the radio in my car. Yep, boop boop boop. All of a sudden, the music stopped, and then it started playing U2, and I'm like, I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at my phone, and then my phone says, Do you want to play on, you want to play on the Echo at home or here? I'm like, Well, here. I'm right here. I'm right here. Do this. And then it changed again, and I, I started fighting with it. And then I thought, oh, so I called home. Yeah. And I asked my wife, are you trying to play music in the kitchen? And she goes, yes. 
fucking Alexa won't do this for me. She's being a bitch. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, hey, don't, hang on. Yeah, this, don't, is a, this is a family show, Tom. Yeah, I'm going to have to bleep all that. Don't call her a bitch, first of all. <laughs> first of all. She ain't being a bee. But the other thing is, it's so weird that, that that's, I think this is an error, but basically her interacting with the voice and with the internet or connected device yeah. was affecting me in a vehicle four hours east. Right. Like, this is weird. Too yeah. much inner interconnectedness, right? Yeah. But, um, kind of back to the original thing is is understanding user context and sensitive answers you know we start to see these devices as parts of our mm-hmm. our emotional space yeah yeah and we're expecting more and more of them like it irritated you that this magical device didn't mm-hmm. know where you wanted to listen to music at home or in the car and you're like i'm in my car and and if we think about it the the device that you were interacting with knows that you're not at home. Should. It knows that you're traveling. There 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 are systems within that, right? That sync to Google Maps and any other sort of thing that that show. Well, and and it's movement. an un, it's an unfortunate some sort of connection got made. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's acting like a single user device, right? So if in the kitchen someone says play me music and it starts to screw with my car, it 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 doesn't recognize that there could be two humans. Mm-hmm doing this that's one thing yeah and again figuring out who is talking to the device is probably a big part of what you're doing for your search the context it should know right well again you hope it should i mean and then this magic we're talking about expectations right Right. like as users our expectations on technology are getting more and more demanding and more and more precise Mm -hmm. and we get angry when it does when the technology doesn't meet our expectations yeah, I I see the emotion is it's I don't know if I call it angry. I I frustration for sure. Frustration and I I, I have high I do have high expectations. Mm-hmm. But that's I think in a way of of kind of trying to understand the complexity and yeah. to try to help optimize. Yeah. You know. But anyway, back to this thing that I guess I'm I'm still a little stuck on page and page rank mm-hmm. and as content creators, most of the world probably thinks of text or image information that's visually available right right so we haven't even covered the whole idea of the keyboard disappearing yeah and what a blessing that would be yeah right like we we can because we know that the ambient state is coming and that it some of it is already here Mm -hmm. we can start planning for it and we need to start thinking about not how users find our content today but how they're going to find it in the next five years. Because mm-hmm. I think that that is going to change significantly. Right. And we can start planning for that and start thinking about that today and start shaping our content to be able to support search that is not through a keyboard, that is not even necessarily um, you know, a string of words. Right. But something else. Well, it could be now we've had people talk about comm technologies too. Um, I mean, I know it's a little bit experimental, but I'm, we've talked about this, where I get these Google notifications. Yeah. It's making a certain assumption that I'm going to drive home. And so right. I start getting this text. It'll be mm-hmm. 24 minutes home. And, yeah. right. and it can be useful, but it also can be kind of annoying because it's like, all right, all right, I get it. But um, what it's doing is it's, make, it's assuming, making certain educated guesses about context. Mm-hmm. And I think context in terms of how it's going to create or form, shape the experience is really important. Mm-hmm. How we're going to be able to do that. Yeah, so I would think that smart... Um, digital planners are should be thinking about what are the different ways that we can identify context mm-hmm. and the different ways that we can um, account 
for it. It's not so much, you know, what people are looking for, but what circumstance are they are they in when they're looking for it right. is just as important now. Right. And and you know, I've been doing a bunch of research lately for a client and I've been asking I've been asking people and it's not working so well yet, but how would you know, my client know more about you. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you think? Because what we're talking about is more intimacy with the client. Yeah. So I've been asking people, customers, um, what was the, what would be the best way for them to understand what your needs are right now? And people are flat-footed. They're not sure how to answer that question. So that's to me is still an open question. Yeah. How? What is the most polite way to begin outside of just pure inference and? Um, and maybe geolocation and a couple other just guesses. Mm-hmm. What would be the best way for someone to be able to indicate their mood or their their stress level or their well, intent? Back to the series story. I think it's fascinating to think about um, breaking down language, even even smaller than words, but looking at tones and tone of voice mm-hmm. to be able to to derive context. That's fascinating. Right. And then just think of other types of information we might have Mm -hmm. someday in the future. Heart rate monitors. I mean, theoretically, Mm -hmm. my dumb watch that doesn't work Mm -hmm. um, should know my pulse and maybe my body temperature and some other things and maybe the amount of exercise I've had in the day. You know, there are other ways of inferring physical state. Yeah. So, I mean, if I'm showing levels of anxiety and then I'm saying, where's the nearest florist? You know, right. maybe I can make a guess. Wow, shit. I mean, you can you can expand it beyond there. What if it's what if it's looking at your situation, but also people in your in your near vicinity? Right. What if you're in a group and mm-hmm. and you're all kind of connected in certain ways? Can it can it identify context based on multiple? Right. And that gets into a really interesting place of like neural networks or a little, what's it called? There's a, um, there's a new networking standard where there are these hyper localized networks. I I can't remember the name right now, but so yeah, you're right. If, if I was sitting at a table with five people and we all start searching for the nearest pizza joint or something, Mm -hmm. I can infer that maybe I'm at a meeting or there are a group of people and And then you might might need a car. Hey, would you like an Uber? And then you know what? We're, we're doing a coupon. Yeah. And I'm dropping you at this. Yeah, this pizza joint, three miles away. You want me to tell your wife you're going to be late? <laughs> yeah, oh boy. <laughs> right. uh, but so this is getting, and this is something I think we might want to invest in in, in a future topic. Yeah. But the concept of again, we're getting back to this kind of SDK for experience. Can we? Can what kind of inferences can we draw? And then how can we support it with content? Yep. All right, time to hit the showers. This has been the Metastential Podcast, supported by Connective DX. Don't make us do all the work. Hit us up, podcast at metastential.com. Or on Twitter, at Metastential. I might even reply, because I'm on Twitter all day long. I am not, usually. 